Welcome to the African Campfire Stories podcast. This podcast is dedicated to the telling of African history stories and events. We can be contacted on Twitter and Facebook. Our website is www.africancampfirestories.com. The podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube and other streaming platforms. August the 9th is Women's Day in South Africa. And the whole month of August has thus been declared as Women's Month. So, for this August, we are doing an episode on one of Africa's most celebrated women, Cleopatra, the legendary queen of Egypt. This episode is dedicated to the women of South Africa and to the women of the whole world. Without much further ado, let's begin. Women's Month Special 2020, Cleopatra, Queen of Egypt. On the 10th or the 12th of August, 30 BCE, a 39-year-old Macedonian woman poisoned herself to death. Two of her closest servants also committed suicide to accompany her into her death, as was customary. The reason for the suicide? She was avoiding to be captured and possibly being taken to Rome as a trophy of war. The woman was a mother of four. Her oldest son, was executed on the orders of the ruler of the Roman Republic. A mere 18 days after the woman's suicide, her other three children would be raised in the household of the same Rome ruler who had occasioned her suicide and who had ordered the murder of her firstborn. The story of this woman would enthrall the world for the coming two millennia all the way to today. Her story whether told truthfully or in a fictionalized manner has been told in films TV shows, books, novels, plays, and other forms of academic and popular media. The woman was born Cleopatra VII, Thea Philopato, in 69 BCE. Her father was a ruler of Egypt named Ptolemy XII, Oletes, and her mother was Cleopatra Tryphena. The name Cleopatra is Greek. It means the glory of her father. Funnily enough, the Philopater that is part of her name means father-loving. Thea means goddess, as in the Greek goddess of light, sun, moon, and dawn. So, if one were to attempt to translate her name into English, it would be something like the father-loving goddess who brings glory to her father, or something like that. No fault in trying, folks. The fact that her full name consists of two-fold mention of a father figure should kind of give you an idea of the kind of world Cleopatra had to live in. This was a man's world. In her lifetime, in order for Cleopatra to keep her position of power secure, she had to ally herself with powerful men. Probably the silliest thing she was forced to do in this vein was when in 51 BCE, she had to marry her 10-year-old brother Ptolemy XIII when she herself was 18 years old. What can be worse than that? What about the fact that when she was 22 years old, she had to marry her other brother, Ptolemy Fourteenth, who was 12 years old at the time they married? All of this craziness because, as a woman, she wouldn't be allowed to rule alone. However, Cleopatra, in her own right, was a master at playing the game of power. Unfortunately, playing the game of power at the time and world Cleopatra was born in meant being able to charm and influence men. For instance, many a time Cleopatra went to battle with her armies, yet she could not be seen to be directly leading those armies. Only a man could be seen to be the official commander of those armies. Even at the crucial Battle of Actium in 31 BCE, 
a battle whose loss led directly to her suicide, Mark Anthony was commanding Cleopatra's Egyptian forces that were defeated by the Roman armies of Augustus. At the time when few women were allowed to make an impact on the world, she would make an impact so huge, so much so that her name is still remembered to this day. She would play back-to-back two rulers of Rome like a musical instrument. Until, that is, she met her match in the person of Augustus, the man whom Cleopatra was avoiding by poisoning herself to death. Augustus is the guy whom the month of August is named after. It wasn't by intention, but August keeps coming up in this story. August is Women's Month in South Africa. August is the month on which Cleopatra died. Her death was caused by the man after whom the month of August is named. The first ruler of Rome that Cleopatra tangled with was Julius Caesar, the guy whom the month of July is named after. The second Roman ruler she tangled with was Mark Anthony, the guy whom no month is named after. Historians have mentioned how this era produced some of the most famous historical figures in history. People like Cato the Younger, Pompey the Great, Brutus, Cicero, Caesar, Augustus, Anthony and Cleopatra. Out of this group, possibly the only person more famous and more talked about today than Cleopatra is only Caesar himself. And being outshined by Caesar in the competition of fame is nothing to be embarrassed about. After all, how many legendary historical figures from any historical era even come close to Caesar in fame and renown? The people that came close are the likes of Napoleon, Genghis Khan, Alexander the Great and a few others. Speaking of Alexander the Great, (laughs) it is possible that Cleopatra was related to him. The founder of the ruling dynasty of Egypt that Cleopatra was born into was Ptolemy Sota I. Ptolemy had been Alexander's general. And after the death of Alexander, he began ruling Egypt, ruling from 305 or 304 BCE. His dynasty, Cleopatra included, would be in power until the death of Cleopatra in 30 BCE. Some historians believe that Ptolemy and Alexander were both fathered by King Philip II of Macedonia, thus making them half-brothers. Cleopatra was also a descendant of the dynasty that ruled Syria. The Syria of that time covered the area between modern-day Turkey and Egypt. So Syria was neighbor to Egypt. The Syrian dynasty in question is known to history as the Seleucid dynasty. It was founded by Seleucus, another general of Alexander the Great. More information on the Ptolemaic and Seleucid dynasties is available in episode 2, Hanukkah and Judaism, of our currently running Christmas and Hanukkah special. Cleopatra's pedigree is a testament to a legendariness that is hardly paralleled in the annals of all human history. Think about the following. She was a descendant of Alexander the Great and a descendant of Alexander's two legendary successors. She stood side by side with Julius Caesar and Mark Anthony. And her last major act before she died was going to war with the founder of the Roman Empire, Augustus. She charmed Julius Caesar until the guy went literally bananas. Her charm and charisma drove him to do foolish things, including taking her with him to Rome in 45 BCE and shacking up with her to the chagrin of Rome's ruling classes and Caesar's wife. This is a huge feat for a woman who lived in an era where not much was expected of women. 
Even if like Cleopatra, they were of impeccable royal descent. Over the years, there's been grumbling among some Africans when it comes to the ethnicity of Cleopatra. For instance, when in the 1960s, Hollywood released the famous Cleopatra movie, there were rumblings from many people everywhere, especially people of African descent. At issue here was that a Caucasian woman, Elizabeth Taylor, was portraying a beloved queen of an African country. Of course, this wasn't made any easier by the fact that the 1960s were a watershed in the status of African people. In Africa itself, many countries were either fighting for independence or they were newly independent. The black consciousness movement was at its height, wherever black Africans could be found. In America itself, where the movie was made, the civil rights movement was at fever pitch. Unfortunately, we don't have the time and the space on this particular episode to explore the debate about Cleopatra's ethnicity. What we will say, though, is that when it comes to ethnical history of North African countries, caution should be exercised. North Africa is part of the Mediterranean world. This is a world which has served as a stage upon which a hodgepodge of peoples have played. The history of the Mediterranean area is full of migrations and mutual conquests. From the Phoenicians, the Minoans, the Mycenaeans, the Dorians, the Greeks, the Egyptians, the Canaanites, the Libyans, the Nubians, the Kushans, the Hyksos, the Romans, the Hittites, the Numidians, the Assyrians, all the way to the Persians and the Vandals. All these people have surfaced at some stage or another. And this list isn't even complete. There is even a bunch of people called the Sea Peoples from the Bronze Age, of whom historians are still trying to figure out who they really were. Later on, the Arabs and the Turkic people also jumped into the mix. The Christian Crusade era brought a bunch of Europeans to this region. In more modern times, the French, the British, the Italians and the Spanish all conquered North Africa. Even the Germans fought against the British and the Americans in North Africa during World War II. North Africa and the whole Mediterranean area is probably the world's most eclectic region in terms of the types of people who conquered it and the people who have migrated there. Listen to the following bits of history from the lives of Cleopatra's descendants. They contain a microcosmic view of how mixed up things were in North Africa and the Mediterranean area in general. Cleopatra had four children. The first one, which was with Julius Caesar, who was a Latin Roman. The other three were with Mark Anthony, another Latin Roman. Cleopatra had hoped that the kids she had with Caesar would someday rule Rome, which is why Augustus had the young boy killed. Having such a potential competitor for the rulership of Rome, a competitor who happened to have the actual blood of Caesar, was dangerous for Augustus. Of the three kids Cleopatra had with Mark Anthony, who were twins, one of the twins was a girl named Cleopatra Cellini. Cleopatra Cellini would go on to marry the future king of the North African nation of Mauritania, King Juba II. At some stage in young Cleopatra Cellini's life, she was made ruler of Cyrenaica and Libya. Both were North African nations. Another of Cleopatra's children, the brother of Cleopatra Cellini, was made ruler of Syria and Cilicia. We know where Syria is. Cilicia was located in what is now southern Turkey, on the Mediterranean coast. We have already stated above that after Cleopatra's death, her three remaining children would be raised in Augustus' household in Rome. After Cleopatra's death, Egypt, which had been ruled by Macedonians for about 300 years, became a province of the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire itself would later have many non-Italians as emperors. 
There would be Roman emperors who were Africans, Arabs, Spaniards, etc., etc. It would be destroyed by, initially by a people from Central Asia, and then eventually finished off by people from North Sea, Baltic area and Scandinavia. This is just a tiny glimpse of how ethnically confused the Mediterranean world was. You'd be glad to know that Cleopatra was ethnically open-minded. In fact, in fact, too open-minded for her time. She was much loved by the native Egyptians because she could speak their native language. The first and only one in her family ever to do so. If you don't think this is anything special, think again. Her family ruled Egypt for about 300 years and no one before her had ever learned to speak native Egyptian. All in all, she could speak nine languages including Hebrew and Arabic. Some historians also state that she was also an accomplished mathematician, chemist and philosopher. Propaganda? <laughs> we can't be sure. This is all the time we have for today. This episode in no way tells the whole story of Cleopatra. It's a very big story. One day in the future, we will revisit her story.